Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Come on, son, 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 you don't have to wait until November 3rd to cast your ballot. Be an October voter. In most states, you can vote early in October. Request your mail ballot, return your completed ballot in the mail or in person, or vote early at an early voting location. There's no time to waste. Treat every day like Election Day to make sure all voices are heard. Make a plan to vote. Be an October voter. Visit anistillvote.org to join the fight for voting rights today. Paid for by the Leadership Conference Education Fund. <laughs> Come on, son, son. What's up, y'all? This is Ed. You know me, man. This is Come On, Son, the podcast. Well, this week I'm doing a very, very special podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Joining me on this podcast this week will be the one and only, my partner in crime, Dr. Dre, and T-Money from Yo! MTV Raps fame. And we will be talking to producer and director, Mario Van Peebles. Yeah, Mario Van Peebles from Gunmen, from Posse, from, of course, uh, New Jack City, and many, many other projects. Working with 50 Cent, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about voters' rights and why we should vote, because the election is right around the corner. So what I want y'all to do is sit back and relax and chill out and listen to this conversation that we had on Zoom. That's why the quality is not that great. We had this conversation on Zoom with the one and only director, Mario Van Peebles. Check it out. Enjoy. Come on, son. Come on, son, son. We are here at Certified. My name is Ed Lover, joined again by my boys, as always, Doc Dre. Dre, what up? What's happening, Ed? How you doing? And the one and only Mac Daddy Bear hugging T Money. When the last time you heard me say that, T? Last week. But anyway, we good, baby. <laughs> What's happening, man? We good. Hey, joining us today, man, is, 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 a, is a man that we've known for a long time, a man that we have all respected for a long time. The industry is respecting him for a long time. He's an actor. He's a director. He's a producer. He is uh, the son of one of the reasons why Black directors exist in Hollywood today. And although there's not a lot of us, but we're still making progress in 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mario Van Peebles is That's here. Right. Yeah. Hey. That's right. And Mario, yeah. first, first of all, I want, I want to say thank you for joining us. Second of all, I want to say thank you for the uh, $2.10 residual checks from gunmen I still get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We hook it up. That, that helped pay the rent. That, that $2.10 <laughs> address, man. Yeah. How you been, sir? I'm good, man. It's, it's, it's good to be back in New York. I'm here, you know, hanging out with my pops a little bit. Oh, dig this. You remember, I don't know if you remember his play, Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death. Yes. Yeah. Where, it looks like we're making a deal to bring that back on the Broadway. Wow. You know? So that's, that's dope. So I'm like, I've become 
you know, you know, you play many lives, many roles in life. One of my favorite lives, my favorite roles has been to play father, but right. the other one play son and to be Melvin's son and get to be, you know, working as his agent and getting his deals done. It's, it's a beautiful thing, man. He used to do that for me. Right. So, right. Yeah, that must cool. be incredible, man. You must I just, I just recently saw your father in Boomerang, and no reason it's such a great part is because they were they were worrying about there was a shadow. And he said, "No, that's a nipple." He said, "Why? Because my mouth is moist." That's right. Congratulations to, to your dad. Always, always. Yeah, congratulations, man. We got a lot of love for your dad, without question, man. He's a man. and you too, brother. We grew oh yeah, up, and you too, obviously. We grew up with kind of like the Jacksons, but without the talent. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we just get stuff done somehow. Yeah. And, it's lovely to see it going, and, my, and then my kids are doing it. You know, so it's like we're now three generations in this business. And the good thing about growing up in it, if you're a Van Peebles, is you know to come early, you know to leave late, you will not be the weak link. So no one's acting crazy, which is good because sometimes when you get new money, you get blinded by that money guard. You, you, you make crazy decisions. But Absolutely. Seen it over time, you know, then you, you understand it differently. And what aspect of the business are your kids in right now? Well, um, my son, I have one son. I call him my gangster son. He's in acting. His name is Mandela. I just finished the new, the, the new movie on Salt and Pepper. Oh, okay. And, okay, that's right. That's right. Here, 91, you know? And uh, <laughs> so we shot that, and, and uh, Cheryl, uh, Salt and Pepper were the producers, so we had all their music, and my son Mandela plays a gangster in that one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mandela! Yeah, yeah. And then I have a daughter, Morgana. She just got out of Columbia. She's directing. You know, and I and I tell them what my dad told me. There are four phases in your life if you're lucky. You know, mm -hmm. there's there's Mario who, get me Mario, get me a young ass Mario, <laughs> and Mario who, you know, yeah. so as long as you don't take that personally and you you do some movies, do some some things that you care about while you have that heat and pass it on, you're good. You got to say something, say something you're proud of though. This is what I wanted to ask you. Um, yeah. And you know, we all respect you and everybody, I mean, anybody that knows film sh should respect you and your dad and what you've accomplished to this point. Um, if you're, if you know how it is for us people of color to, to actually, you know, even get involved in film. If you had an opportunity to speak to the, to the youth like, like you do right now, because we're giving you the platform that you can do it. What would you tell them? Where, where would you tell them to start? How would you tell them to, you know, um, you know, work and, and, and become, you know, directors and actors and, you know, and, and try to reach the level that you've, that you've so been able to do up until this point. I'd say, man, the more that you understand, it's called show business, right? The more that you understand, like before I did any acting, I did acting as a kid, but then I took time off and I went to college and I got a BA in economics because I wanted to be able to speak the language of finance. Why? Because that means I don't have to just seek a job as an actor. I can create a job as a producer or a job as a director. So I'm not just a, a brother out there saying, can you give me a job? I can meet other cats that have some income and we can shape it, make a deal and make money together. So there's been multiple projects that right. I have done because I was able to speak finance. So right. I think a lot of times we play ball, but we forget to own the team. Mm. Mm. We make the movie, but we forget to direct it or own it or produce it or write it. And then, and then we, then when time passes, you're like, damn, where'd the fat boys go? Where, you know what I mean? So hey, the fat boys. <laughs> you know right. So you want to make right. sure that if you want to be a, uh, be able to ball forever, I'd say get, get your, get educated in the field you want to be in really understand it. Right. 
and understand yeah. it from 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 every angle and from every aspect. Yes. How, how do you think that you've been able to manage to survive and thrive throughout all the changes that have been happening since you've been in this business? Well, partly is um, I'm always I love to grow. I always say I'm young enough to be a great student and I'm old enough to be a badass teacher. Right. <laughs> I feel like if I'm if I keep growing, keep listening, keep learning, stay humble, you know, be wrong sometimes, be right sometimes, but be ready to grow from others. The minute that everyone's treating you like a star, it's kind of time for you to move on. Mm -hmm. right? so, so for example, right now, I'm here directing this new TV series, uh, it's a spinoff on power. It's, a, it's called Raising Canaan, power book, Raising Canaan. And I'm, I'm, during these first episodes, we're creating the look of it. So that's why I'm here right now in New York and I want to spend time with my pops. But I'll go off and direct a show that I didn't write and then I'll go off and do, I'm doing another Western. You know, so I'll go off and make that. This time I want to put some women in the saddle so you'll see some badass sisters riding through the West. Um, but I mix it up, man. I'm always like, someone will call me up and say, well, you want to do this one? And I can, I can do the multiple things. I can direct one that I don't act in, act in one that I don't direct, or mix it up and do all of the above. You know, so I'm right on Instagram if you got a, you know, good, good yeah, idea. Yeah, I'm following you. <laughs> yeah, so am I. Verified yeah, Mario Van Peebles. And, and I tell you, people have hit me up on Instagram and, and sometimes I'll follow up with it. And I've had projects come out of that. Because oh, what's wow. happening, you're gonna see, you see more and more black folks realizing that if they can make money from us, we can make money from us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now, I got a good one for you, because you know you did star on your father's first directorial and produced movie, and you were pretty much ass naked in the whole flick, which was very <laughs> interesting. How do you take that kind of energy that you did with your father in the beginning, and you direct such classics as New Jack City, Posse, uh, Panther, I mean, and et cetera. Where does that energy come from? And it's, to me, it's such a privilege to get to show us in all our colors. You know, it's a, it's a privilege to, I was so lucky in that I grew up with a black man who was the boss. And he said, look, I'm not a rapper, I'm not a singer, I'm not a ball player, I'm too nervous to steal. I'm right. here, I'm smart, smart is my gangster. And this is a man who learned languages, who could deal with people of all colors. So I grew up seeing that, right? So mm -hmm. when I, you know, y'all were doing them quotes from Clint Eastwood's movie earlier, right? Right, Heartbreak Ridge. Yeah, Heartbreak, Heartbreak Ridge, yep. Clint Eastwood, obviously, real cool brother, gave me my first shot. He's a Republican. But so my thing is, I, because I can get along with so many different kinds of people, you could be Asian, you could be Native American, I didn't, I knew good allies come in all colors. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So if you can learn from everybody, you go, oh man, what can I learn from Clint Eastwood? What can I learn from Michael Mann? What can I learn from Melvin Van Peebles? What can I learn from Ava? What can I, you know, you, you, you stay out there, you stay fresh. So I think part of it is we're not here to deal with cameras or scripts. We're here dealing with people. And a lot of it's gonna come down to your people skills, your mm -hmm. ability to step around the bullshit and deal with the good stuff. Your ability to say, nah, I'm not gonna get on that side of that person. I'm gonna bring out the best in them. Cause you're not gonna deal with perfect people. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I wanna thank you for giving that yeah. love to us all and give it yeah. back to you. Cause that's the most important thing is bringing the love forward that we've yeah. been missing lately. And a lot yeah. of what we're doing, people have a love of a craft or a love of a person or a yeah. love of things like money. But in that kind of love, that's where your passion comes from. To right. be, be a part of it, especially 
this creative environment we call entertainment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but go back to the love of money thing. because that, I, I, I was leading to that, and I thought Ed would jump in. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving him, I was giving that, that I was throwing oh, that softball. That's an alley-oop, huh? There you go. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Mario. Go ahead, man. We, we're listening. Well, you know what I'm saying is that, is that, look, when you, Paul Robeson asked a question. He said, when you buy into the values of a people who would buy and sell your people, what have you become? So if you just buy into the values of the colonizer and you start to think money's the only God, you might be tricked into thinking money is freedom. So Malcolm said, no, no, freedom by any means necessary. But if you don't have a high enough consciousness, you might think, well, I just want to get paid. So I'm going to say get paid by any means necessary. But now you've been tricked into equating money with freedom. It's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Money is a tool. It's not an ends. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So you have to understand that. You have to understand that. Say you say, well, uh, how do I want to vote? Vote with your consciousness. Maybe you, maybe you got a whole lot of paper and you think, well, you know, Maybe Biden might charge me so much more in taxes. That's not actually true, and you have to be in a hella crazy tax bracket. True. Right. But look at it, and you say, if I'm just going to vote for my money, and I'm not going to look at the bigger picture, but picture about what kind of planet we leave in our kids, who's getting hit first and worst by COVID? It's us. Mm. They just the study now showing that the, the children are getting COVID. The ones that are dying of it are, are folks that are, look like us. Right. So you have a bigger consciousness and say, oh wow. Do I just care about my paper or do I care about something bigger than that? And it's only when you start to care about something bigger than that that you actually stay in the game way longer because you got a bigger cause. Now, I, I hope that makes sense. Well, that's why you're certified. That's why you're certified. Mm -hmm. it, make, it makes absolute sense. I've I been hearing that you've been taking a lot of flack because you've been working with 50 Cent on, on different things and people think that his ideals and the way he thinks is, is the same way that you think. Yeah, people that come up and ask me, here's the thing, the truth is, when I did All Things Fall Apart, he came to me to, to act and direct with it. I found him to be cool, did what he said he would do, great work ethic, you know what I mean? So I was a little surprised when he did this thing about talking about he might vote for Trump, and now here he's flipped back. Oh, he's and flipped, I don't, oh yeah, he recanted, he recanted. Yeah, so he recanted. 50's a troll when it comes to social media. Yeah, so he, 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 he might do to get people like, stirred up. You can play games with stuff, but, but sometimes you have to look at, there's a lot of young cats that might follow that and not get that you're playing games. Right. If there's a time to, to mess around, there's a time not to mess around. When Nelson Mandela's about to be free, there's no time for tribal infighting. Right. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? We're eight days away from needing to get Colonel Marmalade out of office. There's no time <laughs> for silly, silly-ish. Right. <laughs> but remember... Remember one thing, Mario, I just don't mean to cut you off, excuse me, is that the person, uh, Pete, the POTUS right now, he does the same things and uses that as a backpedal excuse. We have to learn to move forward with a united front from all bases and all colors, because that's what will be our strength. And you've always exhibited that with your work, with your intellect, and also with, I guess, your friendships and your associate, associations in this business. And that's why so many of us admire you. Thank you, brother. But look what, look what you just said. Associations and your relationships and those go. How long have we known each other? 20 years? Yeah, 30. 30. 30. I mean, that's 30. crazy. So let's look at this. Look at when you go to hire someone, if there's someone you respect and you call them up and say, this person that I want to hire, how do they do? 
And this person that you really respect says, man, they did an excellent job. Mm -hmm. Then that way, you're like, okay, I know I can trust them now. Well, guess what? Biden was hired by President Obama. Yes, that's very true. Right? And what did Biden see? He saw that President Obama could trust this cat. But yeah, he had, Biden, like all of us, has evolved. You know, we all make mistakes when we're younger. If we don't grow, we, what are we taking up this, this air on this planet for? You're here to raise your consciousness. So the Mario I was 20 years ago is not the Mario I am now. I've grown and you've grown, right? Mm -hmm. so, so Biden has definitely grown, but he and Obama helped stop a pandemic. They corrected a financial crisis and they got us healthcare. And here's another thing. He saw up close that Biden listened to his right-hand person who is a bad sister, of That's course, right. Michelle. So you Michelle came from she keep him on track so he saw that that that, uh, that uh, obama could listen to and understand the power of this the black woman mm -hmm. so what did what did Biden do he got Kamala right. Harris to be his michelle right. to keep him grounded so biden's going to surround himself with who people who knew but check what I, what trump did who he surrounded all them aides at the, the white house are white and all he fired them all if they disagree with him if they if they and, and then all those, all those people, all those people that he's putting on the court, white Republicans, no, no brothers. Right. No, no balance. No so you're talking about court packing. You got to look at this and say, oh, I don't, I don't care that he took a couple pictures with some rappers or this or that and the other. Right. The way he's acting right now is not the way we need our president to act. Absolutely. And then he turns around and he's appointing all of these conservative white Republicans. And you stand there at the debate and go, I'm, I am absolutely the least racist person in this world. I can't see everybody in here. I, I don't know what everybody, but I'm pretty sure I'm the least Woo! racist person in this world. Well, he said he did more for the black man than Abe Lincoln. So yeah, since Abe Lincoln. He said so, probably uh, he sure did. Abe Lincoln. He did the Herman but King. My point of the matter <laughs> is, if you're, not, if you're not a racist person and you don't have a racist a bone in your body, then when you go out to hire somebody, you're going to hire people and appoint people based on their ability to do the job. He's just appointing people based on their color of their skin and their association with his party. If you're the president of the United States, you're the president of the United States. That's all of us. That's just not the Republican Party and not just the white male. And that's what President Trump has shown throughout these last three and some odd years of his Without question. But, but, you're, but I have to you're the leader of the free world if you're the president of the United States, not just the United States. But I, have to, but I have to add to that. There are thinking Republicans that are leaving. The Lincoln oh, yeah. Party, all right. these Republicans yeah. that say, I'm sorry, this guy, we don't know who this joker is, but he does not represent us. I know I have Republican friends that are sane, and we need, we need, uh, we need sane Republicans. We need we don't, checks and balances. Checks and balances. I'm all with it. But this guy is on some other level. Listen, you're talking about who he's hiring. Not just is he hiring Republicans. He's putting a guy in charge of our national forest who used to be in the business of cutting down national forests. Wow. And he said, that's the same it. man that said to California, when the fires were thing, you guys need to go out there and rake the forest so you can get all the dry brush up. And everybody kind of looked at him like he was out of his mind and said, what did he say? Rake he said, the he said to yep. go out there and rake the, rake forest the forest of all the dry bush, brush yeah, that's out there so it doesn't catch fire and spread so fast. Yeah, I wanted to hand him a rake. <laughs> the problem with that also is that a lot of that is is uh, federal land. Exactly. So if, if you even if you want to say that you want to go rake the, the, the land, it's federal land, homie. 
Right. right? I mean, I'm just mad because I tried injecting bleach and it didn't work out. I got light as <laughs> I was trying to get my Wesley on and boom, dude. I, right. I, it didn't work for you. I could see that. It didn't work for me, man. No. <laughs> no, just, this is a president who claims to not be divisive, but you told one of the most racist organizations to stand back and and wait and stay right. there. Let's wait. Like, in other words, you're telling them, well, don't do anything now, but if I don't win this election, then let's turn up. You know? Absolutely. But even, you know, but from back in the day to now, like I said, a man can change. He can evolve. You know, uh, Obama evolved on the, the whole issue of gay marriage. But you look right. at what, how he came into power, was claiming that Obama was not a legitimate president. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, he, when well, he wasn't a legitimate American. That right. was his whole shtick. Well, and the other thing is, who's challenged his right to be an American shtick? This is the funny thing. If he wants to compare himself to a president, he should use the word Jefferson Davis of the Confederacy of the United States because he's right. more like that than he's well, ever been like any other person. Five, even the Central Park Five, he went at, you're supposed to be innocent to proof and guilty. Yes. Right? He took out a full paid ad saying these brothers should be given the death sentence mm -hmm. before they were tried. Before they were tried, exactly. He more for that ad than he did in Taxes, probably. Mm -hmm. and, and then when they got proven innocent, he never apologized. Yeah. Nope. But, that's, but that's his whole his whole thing is, I never apologize whether I'm right or wrong, no matter what. Because you can see that in his relationship with his own spouse, who refuses to touch his hand. This is oh. a man who actually had the disease COVID-19, and because he was hyped up on steroids, decided to actually continue to spread it. And his vice president and his chief of staff now are spreading it still in the White House. But yet here's the unique thing that I'm still trying to figure out, Mario, and I hope you went out and voted. How are people actually going in the booth and saying, well, let's just give him four more years. Look at what's around us right now. Over 230,000 Americans Americans, preferably of color, have passed away of this disease that you including Herman Cain, including Herman Cain, when you continue to continuously blame China, he blamed China for the disease, and the disease that embarked us and hit us in New York came from Europe, right? And you slow walked everything. So I'm trying to tie this in. Can I add something? Please, he said it was all Chinese hoax. And then we just found out that he has secret bank accounts in communist China. Totally. And here's without question. He's the clues of Joe Biden of being a communist. Without all question, listen, without all question, we all know that his presidency is a failed presidency. Without question. And he wants to claim he wants to claim credit for an economy inherited and and zero blame for a pandemic that he ignored. And that's what yeah, he he ignored it hundred percent. You know? And he's not taking he's not taking any no, you know. You know, he, he's, he's just out of control. I just, I, just, I just can't see how, you know, to piggyback over what Dre was saying, I just can't see how you can go into the polls and think about what the last four years have been and then think to vote for him. I mean, this is just what, 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 opinion, but, what do you, you say know, to What do you say to brothers and sisters who say their vote doesn't matter? What do you say when you meet those brothers and sisters go, I ain't gonna vote, my vote doesn't matter. What do you tell them, man? But you just said something important. You said something important a moment ago. This is not the time to subdivide our vote subdivide our support, subdivide our actions. We have to unite to remove the common person in front of us who is holding us all back. Right. Very simply. True. And the thing yeah. is, we're so busy subdividing rather than, rather than pulling together, like we do here on Certified. So I got one real question for you, Mario. Mm. Since the issue with 50 has come to
passed and has come out that everyone knows about this. Have you reached out to this young man, Mr. Jackson, and said, hey, we may differ in opinion, but where do we, where do we end up after this? Even though you may worship the almighty dollar, what are we going to do with that dollar you worship? Where does that move us as the community forward? And brother, and what do you think that dollar does to your fans? How did you get to be where you are? All those people on the front line who drive buses, who take care of us, who teach, who, who, uh, who are in, you know, in nursing, all those folks. The CNA, like the nurses, the, the, yeah. the people who do. Um, I would say this, I would say this, I'd say like the other man. Am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> I am. am my brother's keeper. I am. I am. We're talking to, we're talking to Mario Van Peoples. Part of this, part of this discussion is because Mario was, was almost blackballed and, and, and there's a lot of things happening with him when people thought that he supported what 50 Cent was saying about Donald Trump, even though Mario's his own man. We all know that. And, you know, Mario is, is about the people, but some people are just a little bit brain dead. So we're here to spread the word that Mario is not thinking about, and 50 retracted. So it's, 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 yeah, he, it's, 50 it's, retracted it's, it's, question. it's over now, but let's get back to something because we were just talking about, and I, I'm, I'm a little mad that I allowed us to glaze over this because we are all uh, hip hop heads, so to speak, and we're OGs in hip hop. I want to know about this Salt and Pepper movie, man. And I know a lot of people want to know, does this movie take place from the inception of Salt and Pepper and how they got together and Herbie Lovebug and is all of that mixed in there? All of that is in there. It's from the start all the way up to today. All, all the way. All, all are, are, are we examining Salt's uh, love affair with Herbie? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. are, there, are there two guys in there playing kid and play? Yes. I have oh, a question. And Martin Lawrence. And Martin Lawrence? Martin Lawrence. You know, he worked. Yeah, he, they all worked at Sears. You know yeah, right. they all. They worked at Sears. But I have a question. Huh. Is the conflict between the original Spinderella and the one that ended up in the group in the movie? Uh, not the same, not the, to the same degree, but it's, it's in there. The, this movie, I can't talk in it too much. Okay. It comes okay. out, or they're going to try to kill me. We don't want that. It comes out the first of the year, I think, is oh, when they good. Mario, the most important scene that needs to be in that movie, is there a scene with salt and pepper, Dr. Dre and that lover, in Russia, performing at the White Knights Festival. Yes, we were at the White Knights Festival in Russia. That was crazy. Is there is that scene the in there? Never, the, sun, the sun never went down. It was just crazy. That was crazy. It was crazy. Mario, I, I had a question for you that I'm I'm quite sure not only us but all Mario Van People fans want to know because we had heard rumors for a lot of years that there was supposed to be a New Jack City too. Why didn't that happen? Dude, every now and then they try to bring bring it out. I think that's a hard one to do. I know there's someone who was trying it now. I, there's some classics you don't want to mess with, you know. Uh, and but what do I know? So periodically they'll take it out. And like I said, we're, looks like we're doing another western. So that was a, that's okay. A, you know, so you know, so so it's sort of in that same posse vibe. So we're looking at some of the classics that we did early on that I, I was able to be a part of early on and saying let's let's do that again. <laughs> Come on, side, side. There's an exciting new podcast out from Gimlet, Resistance. Inspired by this summer's protests, these are new stories from the front lines of the movement for black lives, told by the generation fighting for change, hosted by Saeed Tejan Thomas Jr. Resistance is out now on Spotify. Take a sneak peek. Listen here. When the protests started this summer, I decided not to join. 
The main reason was that I didn't want to be let down again. I've been here before. I've marched, I've yelled, and not much changed. But when I did finally go out there, I found some people and stories that got me thinking about this movement in a much different way. And I want to show you. My new podcast, Resistance, is out now. Follow and listen on Spotify. It's Black Lives, baby. Have you ever been approached by by a legitimate studio and said, hey, we want to do a new Jack City tour? Not really. I mean, I think I think there's some talk. I, I talked a little bit to uh, uh, Doug McHenry the other day. Okay. Back, you know, so I was and we were just talking about this whole election thing. But, I, you know, periodically people bring it up. And when it gets real, I'll let y'all know about it. You know? Because I want to know how you're going to bring Pookie back. Yeah. How you going to bring Pookie back? <laughs> yeah, man. That was, you know, you know, there's certain movies you look back on. And one of the things I was so proud with that movie was that in most gangster movies, you, you glorify just the gangster. But in that movie, we also showed you what happens with the victim. Right. Yeah. You put your face on the victim because you had to see that, you know, you know killer, that it, crack is still a killer in our community today. So you couldn't just have fun with it and, and not say, yo, but look, here's the victim. You can, get, you can have a new Jack cop. You can have your new Jack gangsters. And here's the victim. And, and right. I love to to make a movie that makes people think, that raises a little consciousness. Mm-hmm. If I just entertain you, that's, that's easy. But if I can say, if I can entertain somebody and make them think a little bit, mm-hmm. that's the dopeness. I always say there are three loves in life. Love what you do, love and enjoy the folks you do it with, and love what your work says. If you get those three career chakras to line up, mm-hmm. then you're rich no matter the paycheck. Did, did you have any inclination when y'all started doing that movie that it was gonna be a classic? I knew I was going to bring my all to it, and I knew that I wanted to ground it in sort of a, a, an original sort of gangster classic context, mm-hmm. you know, the way I wanted to shoot it. And really, if you look at it, what's the trip was, it's 20 years after my dad did Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, you know, Sweetback, my dad had met, uh, his secretary was dating a guy from, uh, who had a new band. And he said he wanted to do the music for my father's movie, and his new band was called Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, wow. Spike. And they, they did the music for my dad's film. And I was like, wow, you know, I want to go, I want to make sure we have a dope soundtrack. You know, we're auditory. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're nodding your head when the movie, from the first minute, it goes, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Right? And there, you know, flying over. And then the studio was like, they said, well, Mario, why don't you just get some stock footage, you know, of New York City? Just, you don't have to pay, you have the helicopter fly, just use some, we got stock footage. And I was like, no, 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 I want to shoot my own. I want to shoot my own. Because I knew brothers would come up to me and go, is this going to be a real movie? Like, mm-hmm. or are they going to play us out? It's just going to be on the cover of Jet Magazine. So at the very beginning, when we shoot the helicopter and you see it come into Nino Brown in one shot, and he puts the dude over the side of the railing, Cats was like, oh, shit, this here is a real movie. Right. You know? yeah, I wanted, special. When you, I, as a filmmaker, I knew I was going to bring my A game, but I also knew I'd been trained by my father to do that for years. Right. So I watching my daddy do this and say, how can I put all the money on the screen, you know, and be smart about it? So I'm going to do this helicopter shot first, and then instead of a car chase, I'm going to rewrite that to be Pookie on a bike through the hood with Ice-T chasing him through the hood and do some original stuff. Well, you and, did do two I, original things in that movie. Number yeah. one, you had Flavor Flav in it, and that probably was one of the biggest scenes ever. Mm-hmm. And the second thing that you did which was huge is you actually legitimized Ice-T as a police officer, which he continues to play 
on SVU to this day. Yeah. And back backstory on this, Ice originally wanted to be, of course, the gangster. Right. You know, Wes wanted to be the cop. And oh, wow. Yeah. So part of the thing was to say, no, no, Wes, play the gangster, but play him like, play him like he's one of the Black Panthers. Like he owns this. Like he's mm -hmm. the king of the jungle. Like he's the, he's the, he's, the, he's the, I took a metaphor like the drug dealer was almost like a vampire and all the addicts were like lost souls. If you look at the Carter and look how we shot it, it looks yeah. like army. And then I went to Ice-T and said, we're going to take that perm out. We're going to give you these dreads and you're going to be the lion, the king of the jungle. So oh, wow. had the panther on one side with Wes and the lion on the other side took this visual metaphor and they're both in black, but you, you, you see it. And, and so it was, I said, Ice-T, now you play the cop, but play him with all of the street credibility that you bring. Right. That so wasn't a wig he was wearing? Huh? Wig. I always thought that was a wig he was wearing. Oh, no, no. We put that in, man. We put that in. Oh, that's he crazy. Wow. Long that's hair. Crazy. You know, I saw what he always had long hair to begin with. But that was great. That was great, man. Because right down to this day, I always thought he wore a wig. I yeah. did too. Yeah. 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 No, we, yeah. We put that. So we, you know, I knew. Here's the thing. I said, it wasn't that the challenge wasn't to just make a hit. The challenge was to make something that we would be proud of that would make people think, that would have resonance, and hopefully one day right. uh, be a classic. You know, because we don't get three strikes at the plate, so that ball is going to come real hard. No Man, you got to hit that sucker out the park without a doubt. Wow. So you then, think about it. Think about uh, you. You really launched Ice T as a legitimate actor. You guys really launched Chris Rock in a way we hadn't seen Chris Rock because I think um, I'm going to get you sucker became became before. Right, New Jack City, and Chris Rock had that one scene in there. How much for a rib and all of that other stuff? Mm -hmm. But you really legitimized. <laughs> that was after. That was after. That was, was after. after. Okay, but yeah. you still legit. But that was a funnier role for Chris. You legitimized yeah. Chris as an actor. He's still doing it to this day. You can see him on on TV and Fargo. You get. You really made Alan Payne a household name for real. It mm -hmm. was one of the best roles Wesley ever played. You gave us Vanessa L. Williams. Uh, Bill Nunn was in that movie. Like, yes. you, bro, you, you, that was a, that's an all-star cast of people yeah. that are probably not naming everyone that went off to do some amazing work in this business. Including Mario Van Peebles. Yes, sir. <laughs> not welcome. I have, I have an advantage. And the advantage is you guys can't ignore it. I can't ignore is that I'm also an actor. Right. So I can speak actor. I can say to Chris Rock, who's a new actor, I can show him, I can, I can, I can direct him as a director, but I can also show him and communicate with him as an actor. And mm -hmm. that makes a difference in the performance. Plus, I love our people. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give all the depth to it and all the stuff. I'm going to give Wesley everything that I would want to get if I was playing that role. I'm going to give Chris Rock everything I would want to get if I was playing that role. You know, same thing. So I didn't make them. I just gave them the stage to dance on. And sometimes it meant having the, the wherewithal to get the hell out the way and let great actors do their work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like the scene on the roof with G-Money and, and Wesley, they rehearsed it and played with it. I said, oh, hell, let me just, they got this. Uh -huh. Right. No, notes, I'm going to shoot this bad boy, boom. But, but the material was good. We could lean into it and deliver it. And, you know, and I, and, and I love seeing us, you know, doing our thing like that and being, being having multi-layers, not just being, one-dimensional, you know, so that, so that was easy well, for me. To talk, to talk a little about what you were talking about before, how the importance of the music mattered to you. Um, yeah. The soundtrack of that movie is incredible. I mean, 
Honestly, I mean, you're talking, what are you talking, Levert? You're talking, um, you're talking about Guy, we're talking about, I mean, all the people of the time were in a part of that movie. And that actually, I mean, that makes it enjoyable now, today, when you listen. And now you're listening to the old music and you really get it into, I mean, you already know the actors are great. The storyline was great. It was well put together. But the music puts it all together like a nice sandwich, man. Like, a, you know, like one of those big hero sandwiches ready to get down. <laughs> This is it. This right? a man who loves his food right there. This is real. This is real. Like when you watch okay. it now, so, so you know, now I, I listen to the guy part when you know when before Flav comes when Flav comes out, you listen and watch Guy perform and you get into the scene and it it, it makes it romanticizes this whole thing you're watching, you know? So, yeah. And part of that was I would listen to the music and that would help drive the energy of my camera so that it wasn't like camera and then music. They were one and the same. Let me give you an example. So, for example, when you say Troop and Levert, Sons of the OJs, when they're, they're out front singing in front of the Carter, mm-hmm. and they go, in a new jam. And then the, the camera goes up, boom, the camera pulls up, and then we go to all the mayhem happening, and boom, and we change seasons, and bam, we come down, and now it's snowing, and the snow is coming down, and then the end of the song, sitting, so you, I knew as a director how long I had to do that move. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I don't go in there blind. I go in there, okay. And I look like a crazy man on the set because I'll be listening to something. I go, boom, yeah, put that on. Okay, get my camera over here, boom, 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 boom. But I can see it in my head. I have the ability to see it. And so that's why a lot of it works, you know, with what's happening. The other thing is I have to say in terms of some of the performances, I'll give you a case, case in point. Directors lost a lot of power when they started recording films with sound. Because before you could talk to your actor like you could talk to your mom. So you could talk to Mary Pickford or Buster Keaton because they wouldn't record sound. Once they started recording sounds, directors were reduced in a way to giving notes before a scene or after. And all the director could say was action and cut. So I said, okay, I got this young actor named Chris Rock. I know he can do the comedy, I gotta, I gotta make sure that the comedy's just the flip side of tragedy. So in all of his tragic scenes, I took out the sound and I talked him through the scene. So oh, I'd be like, wow. feeling right now you feel it in your vein. And Chris was a little frightened of me, right? And so I would yell at him, do this, motherfucker, do this. And, and, and he would be shaking shit. And, and then later I put the sound of his voice in and he was acting his ass off. Wow. Oh, wow. How cool was that? That's, that's some cool stuff that we, if, if you had to look back at, over your career, mm. I, I don't want to say you were embarrassed by it because I'm quite sure if I can ask Dre and T-Money what stuff that they did or, or Dre and I did together that we're embarrassed about looking at right now, the Bahama hustle. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what would you say, mm, I wish I would have did that a little differently? What problem? Oh, here's the thing. What, what those early ones did was one, I was, I always had my hustle. I knew what I wanted to do. I was like, you know, I was forward lean, man. I was, you know, on it. And, um, but I look back at certain pieces that I did and the bad ones made me want to direct a lot faster. I was like, dude, if they can release rapping, <laughs> I know I can. You said it, you said it. I didn't say it. Dre, listen, I didn't say it. You said it. If they, they, I went to the dude, dude, let me tell you a crazy story. I mean, all kinds of stuff I learned. I was like, 
and I'll give you a case, but it was such good learning. Like I made a big mistake in rapping. I was trying to act, but that movie was about entertaining. No one wanted you to act. They want to know is the fat boy in it. They wanted to rap. They wanted to have fun. That that is not platoon. Right. <laughs> right. So I was I made a mistake of entertaining. I mean of acting when I should have been just straight up enjoying it. Then I got a movie called Heartbreak Rig, but now I had learned the lesson of rap. You see, so. There was a young, a young brother, you, 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 uh, a, play, a Hispanic brother in the, in the platoon, right. and we were supposed to go, you know, to Vieques, right, which is Spanish speaking, and and he was playing all this anger. So, brother playing all this anger. So I went over to him. I said, man, you know, you seem to be carrying a lot of anger with you. He said, yes, because we're going to go to Vieques and we'll be shooting and killing my brothers and sisters. And so I'm conflicted. I said. Brother, I've learned this lesson. You try to do too much. Don't try to tell a joke in the context of this movie that you won't have the time to complete. Right. Mm -hmm. Not the movie for that. Not this is not Oliver Stone. This is a Clint Eastwood flick. It's not, it's not rapping, but you gotta understand the dynamic, right? So you gotta get it, hit it just right so you understand the tone of what you're in. If you don't understand the tone of what you're in, man, and the director is not on it you can be way, way out the box. And that was part of the thing in New Jack City was Wesley's such a trained brother. Ice-T was new. Chris Rock was from comedy to make sure they all blended and were in the same movie. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing, even tonally, like on the show I'm doing now, the, this, uh, the power thing is making sure that some of these newer actors and the professional actors are all in the same movie. That's important. And back to that, it's like voting. We gotta all be on the same block. This is not the time for tribal infight. Absolutely. You know? In fact, to that end, man, if if you wanna, I'm 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 on Instagram, Mario Van Peebles. I'm verified. Hit me up. I just made a comment about voting that that some of your viewers may find interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I but it's important. Let me ask you guys a question though. When you hear young brothers and sisters say, "Oh man, I don't know, my vote doesn't count," what do you say to that? I say your vote absolutely counts. I said your vote is there to give you a voice. Now you may not think on a on a national stage of of what we have with uh, the presidents and, and you know how that is voted in. They can win the general election and the popular vote, but they don't win the electoral college. You know I don't I don't really know how to explain that to them. But what I push about voting is voting on your local level because that's where all your laws are made. So mm -hmm. you can't sit back and not vote on a local level because those are the people that are gonna present the laws to be signed off on by the president. And those are the people that can still pass a law even if the president vetoes the first thing they put, it, put on. Yes. And so you have to make sure that those people are the most important people that you're voting for. If you want laws changed against police, then you have to vote. You gotta know who the local sheriff is. You gotta vote for the sheriff. Who your attorney general is. You gotta you gotta know all of this stuff, who your alderman is or your alderwoman or, or your senator or your congressman. Everything on the local level is what we pay least the least amount of attention to. And mm -hmm. those are the most important things. So I tell them that's why it's important because your vote counts more on the local level than it does on the president. Without all question, that's why this is this is exactly why when they, they you know they vote in the president and the president doesn't seem to be doing what they need to do or what they feel like is important. They just totally forgot about what's local. 
They right. didn't vote in the local elections. They didn't elect their congressmen. They didn't elect any sheriffs or any elected officials. They they ignored that. So you, you have you know to piggyback off of what Ed is saying. Of course, you have to vote on right. the level. You have to vote year round. This, this this is what's most important. And your vote your vote does count, but make sure you do it on the local level as well as you know the presidency. And I, would, to, I just want I just want to answer your question real quick, Mario. What you said was very important for the young younger generation that, you know, making that decision about voting or not voting. Yes, all elections are local. All elections are important. But here's the thing. You have a right that many people, millions of people died for you to get the opportunity to perform that service. And that's what it comes down to. You think everything around you was always granted. You think we always had a cell phone. You think we always had 10 pairs of sneakers in our closet. You think we always had five cars in the driveway. No. It didn't happen. Many people, many great people of all colors fought for us to have this opportunity, this right, which was guaranteed in the Constitution. Although our president at, in charge at this moment does not read the Constitution, we all should. We should make that a stronger point. And that's what makes it so significant about what you had discussion with 50 about his deci deciding where to vote. For me, if he wants to go that way, okay. but understand all the other people who gave you that opportunity to at least make that comment, make that statement, walk in that booth and pull that lever. But like okay, T and like Ed said, you got to vote all the way down. The alderman is just as important as everybody else. I try to explain this to my kids as often as I can that when voting happened, voting was for white men only. Even white women didn't even get an opportunity mm -hmm. to vote until 1918, and they were still trying to deny them that right to vote. Um, black men were, there was a lot of different things that states did to try to keep us away from the poll. Still doing, still doing, brother, still right. doing. Fear, you know, it's trickery now. Fear was their biggest one at the time. You know, you mm -hmm. niggas come down here, try to vote, we're going to lynch you. Black women weren't given the opportunity to vote until 1965. So mm -hmm. with all of these, you know, things taken away from us, we weren't ever going to get the right to vote in the Constitution because we weren't even considered a full man. Correct. I mean, you, you, you were a piece of property, pretty much. So they, you, they have to understand where they came from, why it's important to vote, and why their vote, especially on the local levels, affect your everyday life and your everyday well-being. And I would say to that, if your vote didn't matter, they wouldn't be trying so hard to stop your vote. That's right. Exactly. So much money to figure out how to gerrymander, put fake boxes up, not count your vote, sue this, sue that. That costs a lot of money and energy. Right. If the vote didn't matter, they wouldn't be trying to, you know, get Kanye out there to confuse the issue. They're calling up people say, no Democrats vote on a different day. If your vote didn't matter, they wouldn't do that. And I want to say this. The other thing is political maturity. I remember once when my kids were young, in fact, it was around the time we did gunmen. And one of my sons said something to me, he's young, he said, dad, can you make it rain? And I said, what do you mean? He said, yeah, well, you control when we go to bed, you control what we eat, can you control weather? I was like, no, I can't control weather. But when you're young, you don't understand what your parents can control because you're not mature yet. Mm -hmm. you, when you understand political, when you have political maturity, you understand we had three, close to 300 years of slavery, close to another 100 years of, you know, segregation and Jim Crow. And just recently, you know, in our recent history, have gotten out of that. You can't correct 400 years of wrong with eight years of right. Mm. Right, that's right. <laughs> right. You know right. what I mean? That's gonna
going to take a minute. But if you give up, democracy is like a car, man. If you take your foot off the gas, we all know that car is going to slow down. So That's you right. have to end the fight. They're going to try to discourage you. They're going to try to make you think your vote don't matter. They're going to try to make you think politics is disgusting. I tell you what, get your ass out there and run for office. Get out yeah. there. And that's the only way to affect change. You gotta, yeah. We got to get people that think like us in that office. And especially for all human beings on this planet, we have to, and especially the United States, we have to look at their, the way they vote on every issue. And that's free information that you can get. If you want to look at what your senator voted on and what he voted against, not just at election time, when they start talking about he did this and he did that, that's comp you can go and get that information about each and every person that's out there that's trying to be elected to really, really see what they're about. And if they were already in office, you can see what they did their last four years. You can see it. It's right there in front of you. It comes down to accountability. The thing is, the whole point of elections is about accountability. You're here to have these people who are being paid by you through your taxes and their, and their duty. You're saying, okay, let's do a job check. Are you doing the things that are helping our community? Are you building on what we need for our children? Is healthcare important to you? Are women's rights that important, whether they have a right to do what they want with their body? Not you, because you have just one opinion. And that's where it gets kind of nutty. Because people try to feel that, oh, well, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. No, you're they. You're mm -hmm. there. Right, right. And it's it has up a to us. We have to participate, communicate in order to facilitate and actually move this thing forward yeah. for all of us because we may not be the majority in number, but united, we cannot fail. Well, it has a lot to do with them being active on a smaller level. Before we even talk about voting, you have to be active in relation to your community, things that you yeah. do around your community. You have to be active, just like Ed just got finished saying, we have to join with people in like minds. But we need to actually start thinking in terms of changing the minds of people who aren't like us, who, mm. whose vote matters. You know what I'm saying? There's so many people out there that don't even care. They just don't vote. They don't they just don't vote. They don't, don't understand the process. You know, that's, that's the problem. You know, that's, that's Well, make it a party. Tell them everybody, after you vote, there's going to be a voter's party. And, and when you house, go to vote with your kids, house, Ray, that's where we're going. Yeah, yeah, we're going to vote at my house, and we're, we're going to vote by party. Like and free liquor, yes. But when you go to vote, you have younger children. Bring them into that booth with you. Show them what it means to pull the lever. Or right now it's digital, and you sign in, and you go through the process, and you put it in the slot. Whatever it takes, let them see that ballot. Let them see it's for real. Let them understand what you're attempting to do. And then it becomes generational voting. Because my parents did it to me. I've done it with my children. And when my grands hit the place, they will walk in that booth with me in my arm, and I'll say, "Okay, Dad can't, Granddad can't read it, but pull this one, pull that one." No, it's no, not to pull it. It's all touch I'm making a joke. Get Dre off the phone to vote. Dre going there looking for lovers. You be in there all day, Dre. First of all, be going there looking for anything. Your man ain't be there all day. You gotta feel around. Now, Mario, man, it was great today, man, to have you here, man. I appreciate you being here. Do you have any final words? to uh, pass along, if you could say something to 50 or to anyone else who had that mindset, what would, would you like to convey? I would say, you know, we can get tricked into this moral equivalency thing. You know, sometimes they'll, they'll trick you. They say, okay, we know they don't like Trump and we know they see Trump as imperfect. So we're gonna show you, well, Biden's imperfect too. But here's the thing, you gotta look at it and go, wait a minute, one man has grown and one man has not. Mm. One man stayed the same and is still telling 
these racist proud boys to stand by and stand and, and stay, stay there if he needs them to win. He right. still, he knows that Russia has put bounties on our troops head. He never said anything to his, his boy Putin. I don't know why he still hasn't shown his taxes. Biden has shown his taxes. Trump right. has. Mm-hmm. Biden's not, you know, kissing up to Putin. Trump has. So you got to look at these things and then say, and then who did they, who are they working with? Like I said before, you know, Biden picked by Obama is now hiring assistant to, you yeah, know, work Kamala. This, work Kamala to be with him. So, and he's going to put a lot of diversity in government. You know, it doesn't mean that they're all perfect because none of us are perfect. You won't have a perfect candidate. Mm-hmm. So they can tell you, well, your guy's not perfect either, but he's a hell of a lot better than that dude. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I would say, don't get tricked in this moral equivalency duel, duel, you know, just know that your vote matters. It makes a difference. Get out now. And if not, man, you can't complain later because the, uh, the planet's at stake. That's right. The That's job, right. Vote like your life depends on it because it does. Like your life depends on it, baby. Facts. Facts. It, Yes, Mario, thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your day and thank be you, continued support on, on everything you do. And, you. you know, we love you, man. We respect you so much. And, and thanks for helping us inspire a whole generation of people who may see this and may not have voted before, or may hear this and never thought of voting and say, you know what, I'm going to get up off my butt and vote. We appreciate you, brother. God bless you always. Thank you for being Mario. Respect to thank you, brother. Always. Can I say one quick thing to Mario? I'm also glad I have to say this. It's, it's, it's a good thing to be at a place, I'm a brother in the film business, but where I can go to other folks to put it out honestly, where you guys can give us a voice. You know, where we can have a conversation about us, with us, for us, and, and do that. That's, that's kind of an honor, man. That yeah, was an old like right? Honor's all ours, it really yeah. is. But I got one quick suggestion for you there, Mario. <laughs> you could do a follow-up movie about these two guys who were barbers, and the third guy fixes cars. I think there's something there. Might be a little something there. Might be something there. <laughs> but we're going to need some music. You got any music? Hey, we, we got, got a lot music. of music because we came from the certified generation. And we can maybe get Skitch Jones to perform. There you go. Uh, Jones. We'll get Jones to perform. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Once again, Mario, we appreciate you, my brother. Take care. God bless you. Give give our best to your dad, your children, yes. and everybody. And we'll be definitely looking for Raising Canaan. We know another book of power is coming. I'm still stuck on the on on uh the one that's out now. Definitely waiting for December, but brother, always, man. God bless you. You're one of our shining kings, man, and we respect you so much. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. Namaste. Peace out, man. One love to you. Thank you, brother. Come on, son, son. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 